Attention all grandmas, grandpas, nanas, and pop-pops. Bingo is not just for you anymore. Introducing Cerrito Bingo. It's a modern twist on a classic game for everyone to enjoy. Play 10 exciting rounds of free bingo every week at locations all over the Memphis area. For more info, visit CerritoBingo.com. Cerrito Bingo is the game-o. Now play Cerrito Bingo every Sunday Funday at Laughlin Yard, every Tuesday during Pike Night at Elbow, and every Friday night at Memphis Maid's Tap Room. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour. Making his way to the radio from Memphis, Tennessee, the home of rhythm and bruise. Please welcome your host and your hero, Kevin Cerrito. It's time to talk wrestling on the radio. We are back at 11 a.m. As always, instead of turning your TV on at 11 on Saturdays to watch some wrestling, turn on your radio right here to Sports Entertainment 56 for a full hour of wrestling talk. I am your host, Kevin Cerrito. CJ's on the other side of the glass. We got an action-packed hour coming your way at today on the program looking forward to it great it's great to be back and we are back we're going to be here every single saturday for the remainder of 2018 after missing uh five or six weeks six weeks this 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 fall due to uh, preemptions involving football and other shenanigans we're glad to be back here on the show coming up later this hour wrestling hour regular will make his dramatic return after months away from the show so wrestling hour regular will be back on this program later on in this hour as we talk about the biggest story in the history of our sport so many big wrestling stories to talk about today we're back just in time to break all of those down but we're going to start uh today's show talking about grizzlies wrestling night night one of six Grizzlies Wrestling Nights. Of course, CJ, my producer, knows nothing about professional wrestling, but does follow sports throughout the week. CJ, what was uh, your reaction, looking at the reactions about Wrestling Night? I forgot that Wrestling Night popped off until I walked in. I was like, oh, yeah, Wrestling Night happened. First Wrestling Night you said of six, right? Yes. I was like, oh, that that is a thing. It just seemed like for me personally— I know when wrestling night was. Well, I knew when wrestling night was the past years because it was only one and it was a big deal. The novelty of it, I guess, kind of drew me towards that night. But one of six, I, I kind of tuned out. But everybody seemed to have enjoyed it. Oh, everybody seemed to seem to have enjoyed it on CJ's timeline. <laughs> that's not what that's not the conversation that I that I had got. But we'll get into it. We'll we'll break uh this down in its entirety because it, so the grizzlies are having six wrestling nights this entire season instead of of one and it seems like to me cj what i viewed and maybe i'm wrong but for the first time it seemed the grizzlies did not live up to the expectations that they set for wrestling night that they didn't live up to the expectations this time around they won on the court they won on won on the court, but they did not live up to the expectations as far as the in-game entertainment and the the wrestling card itself. That's the impression that I got. It seems like they're doing a slow build to something where the big wrestling night is that sixth one. So I, I guess they're trying to build slowly to tell the story. But, you know, I, I don't want the story. I just want to see the wrestlers. Right. You want to see the storylines. Sped up a little bit. You want to see them You pay off is what they, the wrestling term is. You want to see the storylines pay off. You want to see uh, stunts, right? There was no major stunt. There was no major surprise. And there was, uh, and those are the two big elements, I think. Every wrestling night has had those two elements. But anyway, so wrestling night kind of got off to a bad start to begin with. When they announced, even before wrestling night, days before the wrestling night even happened, they Revealed the CD jerseys, the Grizzlies CD jerseys, which, yikes. 
Yikes. Don't tell me those are wrestling jerseys. So they, they debuted these CD jerseys, right? And they're telling everybody that they're wrestling-themed jerseys. And I'm sorry, but that's just a bunch of babble. How, how were those wrestling jerseys? Are you, you're telling me the Indiana Pacers have been playing in wrestling jerseys all this time and we didn't even know it? It's a bunch of babble. Like, those are not wrestling jerseys. They, they, they look like the Pacers jerseys. <laughs> The one thing that they say on the jerseys that, that, you know, pays homage to Memphis wrestling is the championship title, like, plates on the side of the uniforms. But they don't even meet to form a belt. Like, there is a, like there's just little squares on the side. There's not even, like, a belt buckle, the championship belt that's on there. So they got off to a bad start anyway. Because I know wrestling fans, some wrestling fans will like anything that is wrestling, that is mainstream, because, oh, wow, we're getting accepted in, in mainstream. This is a wrestling thing. That is cool. But for me, I feel like I'm getting used or lied to when somebody said, hey, this is a wrestling jersey right here. That is not a wrestling jersey. I mean, the good news is they say they look good in person. But outside of that, it's, it's, not, it's not a wrestling jersey. They will be wearing them multiple times uh, throughout the season for the rest of of, of this season on every Grizzlies wrestling night. But we'll talk more about those jerseys with our guests a little bit later on. But outside of that, so they get off to this bad start. They reveal these jerseys that are not that exciting. The the, the font, everything doesn't seem wrestling to me. I You can tell me it's a wrestling jersey, but it doesn't look like it. It doesn't pass the eye test. And then, so this wrestling night happens, and there seems to be Folks, including folks in the in the Daily Memphian and other different media outlets, wa- wondering maybe the Grizzly Wrestling Knights have run their course. Has it run its course? Is it over? Should they? Is this the last year we're going to see this? Is it still exciting? Is it still something they should do? Has it run its course? And to that, I say no. I don't think they've run their course at all. Of course I'm going to say no. I mean, I'm sitting here talking about professional wrestling every week. I want there to be wrestling night every single year. I was hesitant at first to buy into the idea you should have six of them. You probably should have done a slow, like, okay, maybe two. Maybe you go from one to two wrestling nights out of the year, but they jump right from one to six. I don't think wrestling nights have run their course, but I do think the booking of the wrestling nights have gone off course. That makes sense to you, CJ? I don't think that the Knights have run the course. I think the booking has kind of gone off course. And as wrestling fans know, a show is only as good as the talent on the card and how that talent is booked. And this is the first time folks really criticized or complained about a wrestling night. So the idea that, like, there shouldn't be a wrestling night, like, every other time they've hit a home run and everybody's enjoyed it. This is the first time that it seemed like there was a reaction from from parts of the fan base in the media, that this was not their cup of tea, that maybe the Grizzlies should be looking in a different direction. Maybe they should have a barbecue-themed night. Maybe they should have a Stax-themed night. Maybe there's other theme nights they should consider, which absolutely they should. Instead of going all in on the wrestling, maybe you should split it up. Try to find the next cool thing that you could do. I don't know how you do a barbecue-themed night, but I'd be down with that. They already got the ribs out there playing basketball, right? You could do something with that. But people were complaining about wrestling night. And it's not because it was wrestling. It was because they just were not entertained by the wrestling night. It wasn't entertaining to them. It's got to be entertaining. So I don't think they need to stop doing these wrestling nights. I just think they've, they've got to figure out a better way to book it. And they seemed to have it. They had to figure it out. They had to figure it out before. Like, I, I would much rather have six wrestling nights than have, you know, five of those nights be an elementary school basketball team playing each other at halftime. But if you're going to do the wrestling nights, you got to do the wrestling night. It is easier to book one event. It's easier to get those wrestling superstars, those wrestling legends for that one event, that one night, as opposed to trying to get them for six nights. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, and we, you, but you, you look at it, that's the expectation that the Grizzlies set themselves, right? This is the hype. This is what people expect. If you're going to say you're calling these jerseys wrestling jerseys, well, they sure as hell better look like wrestling jerseys to me, or I'm going to call you and say that's a bunch of babble. 
Because it's a bunch of babble. Those aren't wrestling. It's a fans. bunch of babble. You could call it wrestling night and have wrestlers there and have wrestling matches. But it's not the wrestling night that people expect. Let's look at this. Look at wrestling night history. Let's go back. Take a trip down memory lane for wrestling night. One of my favorite events of the year. So let's not get this lost. That one wrestling night of the year, it's circled on your calendar. You're going to it. It's awesome. The first one, 2014-2015 season, you have Rick Flair in attendance. Okay, that's going to be hard to beat. Rick, by God, Flair. Space Mountain himself is there. And you've got Lance Russell and Dave Brown's reunion for the first time in ages together as a broadcast team. You have It's the debut. It's the first wrestling night, so it's the first time they're suspending the ring above uh, the FedEx form. So you've got that cool visual that you've never seen. You have Jerry Lawler as a heel, or not wrestling, a heel uh, wrestler who was pro the other team, right, at halftime. So that's your first wrestling night. Amazing Memphis wrestling reunion that has not been seen in ages in Lance Russell and Dave Brown. You have Jerry Lawler, the greatest wrestler in the history of this territory, beating up a guy representing the other team, and you have the Nature Boy Ric Flair, the greatest wrestler of all time. You're starting strong with that first wrestling night. You go to the second wrestling night, X-Pac there, along with Scott Hall, two NWO members, Razor Ramon, also there with the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Then you go to the next wrestling night, NWO storyline returns. X-Pac is back. They bring in Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner, who has great interactions with the crowd. Buff Bagwell makes his wrestling night debut. You've got Diamond Dallas Page as the commissioner. Is that right? Diamond Dallas Page was here? So another big-time legend coming in that you just don't get to see very often. And you have a Money in the Bank briefcase cash-in. Then you flash forward to last year's wrestling night. Maybe the best one yet. You had Jerry the King Lawler against Double J Jeff Jarrett wrestling at halftime. Not only do you have that, you have the surprise upset finish. Like Jeff Jarrett went over on Jerry the King Lawler at halftime at wrestling night. It was Jeff Jarrett's first match back since being in rehab. His first appearance since being in rehab. It was historic. It got picked up. Uh, uh, across the globe that that was going on. And then at the end, you had a surprise appearance by by former professional wrestler, former Memphis running back, D'Angelo Williams, makes a surprise appearance at the end. So that's what you have. You have storyline, you have star power, you have stunts, you have surprises. And this year you get Buff Bagwell. Again, right? So we've seen Buff before. Buff returned, mid-level NWO star. Great. He does a great job. Buff is back. Jerry the the King Lawler, of course, is there. He's been at all but one wrestling night. He was there. But you got to you got to understand. Got to understand 2018. Things have changed. Things are a little bit different. You're not going to get that same Jerry Lawler pop you've been getting. Before he's not going to play as big of a role as he did before, because It can't go without saying you cannot uh, forget that over the past year, and as recently as a few weeks ago, the king has made some appearances with some polarizing political figures, right, who did not win Shelby County. So the king's been appearing with these, whether you agree with the politics or not, it is impacting some people's view of Jerry the King Lawler appearing with these polarizing political figures who did not even win the county that this event is happening in. You can act like that doesn't matter, but it does. I mean, ask, ask Gibson's Donuts, right? It matters. And so the main event, the halftime match, doesn't even involve... Uh, so who, I think you had Bill Dundee there, legendary Memphis wrestler, 75 years old, in the corner. But it was the, the marquee match on wrestling night was an event that involved two guys who aren't even as famous as the Grizzlies' regular in-game MC. Like, two guys who are professional wrestlers who are not even as famous as the wrestler who MCs the games. I guess the bright spot, you got Dave Brown back again, right? You can't have Lance Russell there because he 
unfortunately, uh, has has passed away. Rest in peace to Lance Russell. But Dave being there, I think he should be at every one. Get Dave there, absolutely. He is one of the voices of my childhood, the voices of Memphis wrestling. So the show was not booked very well. Like, there, there was no surprise. There was no stunt. Remember Grizz going through all these tables? Like, there's no way you would have forgot it was Grizzlies wrestling night if there was some type of stunt. There was no surprise. There was no new star power presented. And maybe the budget's not there for that. I don't, I don't know. If the budget's not there, then they probably shouldn't be doing six wrestling nights, right? But I don't know if it's a budget problem or if it's a booking problem. Because, hey, be careful. A lot of people... All our wrestling fans out there, they can't wait for Vince McMahon to step aside in WWE for Triple H and Stephanie to take over, right? But it can't go without saying that the Vince McMahon of Grizzlies Wrestling Night has stepped aside. He is not there this season. Don't know how big of a mastermind Jason Potter was when it came to putting these together. But Potter, not involved in Grizzlies Wrestling Night anymore. The founder of the idea, right? This is, his, this is his brainchild, his booking power behind it. And maybe he had a bigger role than, than we could ever imagine. Maybe that's the case. But the best thing about wrestling is you can move forward. You can get over, you have a bad show. There's bad shows all the time. The season never ends, right? There's going to be another wrestling night coming up. Maybe they can bounce back from it because people... They need to keep doing wrestling. Do they need to do six? Should there be six? This makes me think no. Because if you're going to do a slow build throughout the season, you're watering down everything else. Six is probably too many. It's like the three-hour Monday night roll. It's just like the three-hour Monday night roll. I would rather watch a three-hour roll than an episode of Chris Lee Knows Best on USA. Yes, absolutely. But the oversaturation is not good for the overall quality of the product. You want to put a good quality product out there. You need to have a plan. You need to book it properly. Don't book six. Don't put six wrestling nights on the schedule unless you have six awesome surprises or ideas outlined and ready to go. Or six awesome giveaways even. Like, look at the giveaway. Look at the giveaway that they had here. Like, no... This did you see the wrestling night giveaway? No, what was it? Okay, so it was a it was a t shirt, right? Wrestling t shirt. So you're like, ooh, this is going to be good. Is it going to be like that t shirt they sold recently with Grizz holding up uh, one of the championship belts and it's like a Grizzly slash wrestling shirts? No, they went with a Grind City wrestling shirt. So this it's just the Grind City wrestling logo on the shirt. Okay giveaway. It's not as exciting as the other stuff, but I don't know anybody who wants a shirt with a fake nickname for the city featured in a fake promotions logo, all based around a predetermined sport. Like, the the only people that call Memphis Grind City are the people on the Grizzlies payroll and CJ Hurt. It's a real nickname for the city, Kevin. (laughs) The only people who call it that. You gotta be paid by the Grizzlies or be CJ, because CJ loves the grind. I love grinding, man. So he's... He's all on board with the Grind City. The next giveaway, oh, so I think things can turn around, turn around. I do think things can turn around. I do. I think it can be better. They can respond. That's the great thing about, about wrestling and the storylines. Nothing is ever locked in. They can respond to the fan reaction and say, okay, well, we've got to figure out something new as we go along. The next Grizzlies wrestling night is Saturday, December 15th. On For the giveaway, they have a Winter Slam holiday greeting card set. So they've got potential. Wrestling-themed holiday cards. Wrestling and Grizzlies-themed holiday cards, I would imagine. Yeah, that that's sounds what we, like fun. That's called Winter Slam is what they're calling it. So those would be a fun giveaway. That's something I would want and you'd want to have to share. So they're already, you know, we've got that better giveaway at the next one. So that one's going to be positive. And uh, is the question is, will they book a better surprise. Will there be a surprise? Because there really wasn't a surprise. They need some talent. You need some talent there. And to me, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, okay, we've got wrestling night this year. I think it's an obvious pick. We just lost Brian Christopher, rest in peace, the Grandmaster Sexy. How are you not bringing in Too Cool? How are you not bringing in Rikishi and Scotty Too Hottie? 
one of the most over-tag teams in the late 90s, recognizable team. Sky Too Hottie can do the worm. If he can't be there, have Rikishi out there with Grizz and have Grizz do the worm. Or if he is there, have Grizz do the worm. It's not hard to find. There are, there are surprises out there that have your Memphis connections and can still pop a crowd. Too cool would pop a crowd. It popped my wedding. Right, CJ? Turn it up. The worm did. Yeah, right? It's recognizable whether people recognize, they know why they recognize it or not. That's an easy book. Like, you book that, and it pays tribute to Grandmaster Sexay. It's not hard. That's just one idea. Hell, you don't know who to book? Go to StarCast website. Conrad Thompson, friend of the show, had StarCast in Chicago. Every legendary wrestler who's not under contract with WWE was at StarCast. Go to the StarCast website. Look to see who appeared there. Pick anybody from that list. Hell, give me, give me David Arquette. David Arquette would have been awesome. He's wrestling again. Yes, that David Arquette, former husband of Courtney Cox from Friends. Former WCW champion. He's out making appearances. That'd be fun for wrestling night. But anyway, so yes, I think it's it's the Grizzlies, six wrestling nights coming out of the gate. It doesn't look like a good idea. I think they can they can bounce back from it for sure. But we need to see a stunt. We need to see a surprise. And you don't have to have all of that in one. But every wrestling night in the past has had a surprise. It has had stunts. It had star power. And if you're not going to have that at every wrestling night, then maybe next year you should only schedule one. I think they probably will only end up having one next year anyway. But I'm hoping December 15th, circle on my calendar already, I will be there. I want to see what will happen next. But there was really no big moment to take out of this one. And that's unfortunate. But even the Marvel Somatic Universe has a misstep here and there. Maybe this week's, this past week's Grizzlies Wrestling Night was just Grizzlies Wrestling Night's version of Thor Dark World. You've seen Thor Dark World. It's not good. You like Thor Dark World? So, hey, maybe some people like this Which Grizzlies Thor Wrestling was this? Night. The second Thor. Oh, yeah. I, did, I came two. in Thor Ragnarok. That's the only Thor I've seen. Oh, you haven't even seen the first Thor. First Thor, okay. Second Thor, awful. It's the worst movie in the Marvel Cinematic. Not everything can be Iron Man. Not everybody can be Black Panther or Infinity War Part 1. Hey, where are we with that Black Panther thing, by the way? Do you know which movie is eyes grossing yet or still as of right now? Oh, it's Infinity War by far. You can, you can look it up. It definitely had the most memes this year. There's always a meme of somebody. Like, well, I'm not going to spoil the movie if anybody's never seen it. You've got to see the memes by now. So anyway, Grizzlies uh, Wrestling Night, part one. I want to be able to come on here and talk about how awesome it is and break it all down, but I can't do it this time. Hopefully I can do it come uh, December, before Christmas. But uh, It's still Black Panther. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about this uh, between the, on the break. I think you're looking at the wrong website on our – we have a side bet for those – uh, in our number ones that uh, CJ thinks Black Panther is going to outgross Infinity War Part 1 uh, this year. So, and he's wrong. He is absolutely wrong. Other local wrestling uh, news of note since we, the last time we've been on the air. Two big events announced for January. So January, of course, uh, is the road to the Royal Rumble. And... On January 7th, that's a Monday night, January 7th. No, Raw won't be here on January 7th, but Jake the Snake Roberts is. Don't know if you've seen this, but Jake the Snake is going to be doing a live show at the High Tone. That's right, Jake the Snake telling stories and taking his live show. So many different uh, wrestlers do these live shows now, and Memphis never gets them. We never get them. So hopefully we turn out. For Jake the Snake, I'm not sure why it's booked on a Monday night up against Raw. That's not the best slot for it, but I don't work at the high tone. Either way, Jake the Snake will be here. That's exciting. Big props to the high tone for booking that. Because if that works, who knows if we get any of these other uh, live podcasts and other shows that are bouncing around the country. You got to prove it works here in Memphis. And I think the Jake the Snake show should be very entertaining. Uh, that, if anybody has stories, Jake the Snake. He's got some great stories. One of my all-time favorites. So that's Monday, January 7th. Also announced coming up in Memphis, 
the week after that, Monday Night Raw will be here. So Monday Night Raw coming to Memphis in January, two weeks before the Royal Rumble. Monday Night Raw on the schedule. Who knows what Raw will look like by then, uh, come come January, because so much has changed inside the world of WWE. But uh, January 14th, Raw returns to FedEx form right before the Royal Rumble. Always a fun time to go to WWE shows. Real close to where they were last year. We almost got... Uh, into this uh, situation again last year. I don't remember if you remember this, but Raw came to Memphis in January last year, and it was on the the day of the college football championship, the championship game of college football on that same Monday night. And that's kind of a night the WWE doesn't doesn't go all in on their presentation, right? Because they're they know they're competing with that game, so they're not going to do anything crazy that night. I first saw this date announced, and I'm like, oh, no, holy mackerel. Are they giving us, for the second consecutive year, the Monday Night Raw up against the college football championship? Because I remember being there last year, following the scores on my phone, looking at the TVs up on the concourse when I went to the bathroom or to get some food. Nope, the championship's the week before. So Jake the Snake, I believe, is up against the college football championship. But that stuff coming up in January, so it's going to be fun. Also in January, of course, the Trivia Rumble will be here, our next pro wrestling uh, trivia extravaganza will be in January. The the uh, Cerrito Trivia Rumble, professional wrestling trivia set up just like the Royal Rumble. That date to be announced, but that's also coming in January. So January is going to be so much fun to be a wrestling fan here in the Mid-South. And uh, coming up, all right, so we're going to take a break here. Coming up, we're going to be joined by... Um, a wrestling hour regular who's going to make his dramatic return after months away from the program. That is coming up next on the show. But before we take a break, I got to tell you this portion of Serena Live is being brought to you by Real Memphis Wrestling at the Rec Room. Not only is Rec Room where I am at every single Tuesday night hosting trivia, not only is Rec Room a great place to play current and classic video games on giant 20-foot screens, you can also watch all the WWE and UFC pay-per-views on those giant 20-foot screens, and now you can watch real live professional wrestling on the first and third Friday of every month. They had wrestling last night at the Rec Room. There is wrestling tonight at the Rec Room, too, back-to-back nights. This is a a very unique show that is going down at the Rec Room tonight. I highly suggest you go uh, log on your Facebook page, look up Rec Room on Facebook, and check out this event that is happening tonight at the Rec Room. They're having two wrestling events this weekend, the next one. Uh, coming up uh, later on this month, so the the or next month because we were on the third Friday, so the first and third Friday of every single month, plus a bonus show tonight, November seventeenth. I can't say what it is on the radio; you have to look at it online to find out. The regular wrestling shows five dollars gets you in the door, and all ages are welcome during uh, wrestling. Of course, they do have age restrictions during the week. If you're under twenty one, you've got to be accompanied by a parent or guardian. To the rec room. It's right off of Sam Cooper Boulevard at 3000 Broad Avenue. You can go to recroommemphis.com. That is recroommemphis.com. Don't miss real Memphis wrestling at the rec room. Don't miss the second half of the wrestling hour. It's coming your way next. You are listening to Cerrito Live here on Sports Entertainment 56 and 87.7 FM. Are you one of the many necessary residents who suffer from everyday boredom? Do you sit around at night looking at your phone while trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about Cerrito Trivia. Well, actually, that'd be a little weird. Instead, just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play Cerrito Trivia. It's more than just your average mind-numbing pub quiz. It's a trivia night with questions about stuff you and your friends know and like. Featuring unique weekly themes, including TV shows, movies, music, current events, and more. All shows are free to play. For more information on locations, times, weekly themes, and dream specials, visit CerritoTrivia.com. Or like Cerrito Trivia on Facebook and browse the best team name Hall of Fame. And by the way, did you know Cerrito Trivia isn't just for bars and restaurants? Contact Cerrito Trivia at gmail.com to bring Memphis's most unique trivia experience to your next party, work function, or special event. Cerrito Trivia is the perfect prescription for everyday order. Work side effects may include wind prices, laughing out loud, high five, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverage, rock pickles, scissors, and spending quality time with friends. CerritoTrivia.com. Now, back to the Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back. Thanks for making us a part of your weekend. We are back 
every Saturday for the remainder of 2018. Many uh, preemptions uh, throughout the fall for football. Football is our version of the dog show for all you uh, WWE fans. Back in the day when WWE would get bumped for the Westminster Dog Show. But uh, we are live here today. We're about to be joined by a guest here, a regular of the Wrestling Hour, who's going to make his dramatic return about after months away from the program. Who is it? Who? 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 Who is making his return? He is a former WWE creative team member. His name is Andrew Goldstein, and he joins us now. What's up, Andrew? What's up, Big Kev? How you doing? Former, former WWE creative team member and new father. Thank you. Where's yeah, man. Um, I was just folding swaddles and uh, burp cloths when you uh, when your producer called. So uh, I'm I'm knee deep in it. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. It's been so long. We have not uh, spoken. It's been ages. I think before SummerSlam was the last time uh, you were on the show. We just haven't had that many shows, to be honest, to bring you on here to talk. But uh, we're going to get into talking about the biggest story in the history of our sport here uh, momentarily, as we talk about every single week during the wrestling hour. But first, I wanted to touch on these Grizzly City uniforms. I ranted about them earlier. And I know you are a critic of them outside of even the wrestling element. But uh, the NBA released city uniforms. Every team in the NBA got a, a fancy new uniform. The Grizzlies are claiming theirs is wrestling theme, which I think is a bunch of babble. Because <laughs> what? tell me what's wrestling about that. It's a bunch of babble. Give me your thoughts on the Grizzly city uniforms and how they stack up against everybody else. Well, just some backstory. I posted my top five on Twitter, the top five city uniforms, and uh, and I added to that that I thought the Grizzlies was the worst. And, of course, Dustin Five Star got at me on Twitter. Uh, he kind of, you know, we have, we have a little bit of heat about it. But I just thought, you know, if you're going to go third uniform, city uniform, get a little more creative than just gray and what looked like yellow to me. And it just says Memphis on it. Doesn't say anything like new or cool or exciting. And um, I just thought they were very bland. But I will say, uh, in seeing them in use, they popped much more than they did in the uh, in the press photos because uh, the gold, you know, the gold um, the gold accents on the sides, you know, it read gold as opposed to just yellow. And but overall, I'm just opposed to gray as a uniform color. Um, and the wrestling elements, yeah, I don't really see it. There's, if they wanted to go Memphis wrestling as the theme, they could have gone a lot further. They could have gone red, white, and blue like the Memphis title. They could have gone purple for the king. Uh, they could have had sort of a championship belt outline around the waist leading into the shorts, something something fun like that. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was a bit of a fail. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you could, you, the idea of, hey, let's do wrestling uniforms, I'm all on board. Let's do it. But I, I don't see the re- like I don't. There's no nothing says wrestling. The one thing they claim is wrestling are the the championship plates on the side of the uniforms. But they don't even come together to create a belt, right? Like they're just plates randomly there. So and you know it's so funny they debuted against my Sixers, who <laughs> I, I just said I don't like gray. But in that instance, like that gray works because it's the Rocky sweatsuit. It's made out of the the sort of sweatsuit terry cloth material. It's not mesh. And you know, and they went creative with the front of the uniform, with the with the stars, and just the number and no words. So um, I'm a bit hypocritical there. But I just thought that you know, look, when the Grizzlies players have the yellow or gold arm sleeves, that the uniforms really do pop a little more. But in terms of everything else, like you look at the Clippers one, you look at the the Minnesota Timberwolves Prince jerseys, you see the the Miami Heat one, the Nuggets. Like there's so many really fun. Uh, creative, colorful uniforms, and then the Grizzlies come out with gray uniforms. It was just uh, sort of a disappointment. The T Wolves Prince one is uh, memorable uh, as well. So there's so many. Yeah, I I agree with that. So just the basic uniforms for breaking out uniforms, not that great. And then just the wrestling element is totally non-existing and somewhat insulting to me uh, because if you're telling me these are wrestling uniforms, you're telling me that the Indiana Pacers have been wearing wrestling uniforms for all these years and we didn't even know it. Exactly. So, and I got another one for you. If they wanted to go wrestling in Memphis, make the uniforms red. Make them crimson, like a crimson mask, like a bloody, you know, Jerry yeah. Lawler, uh, you know, Boogie, Jimmy Valiant match or, or whatever. Go blood. Uh, you know, the gray and saying that it's silver for the, you know, steel chair. I get it, but there's just so many. It's a stretch. Um, it's a stretch. Easy places they could have gone to honor Memphis wrestling than 
than what they landed on. It's a very base, basic. They're they're just too basic for a special city uniform as compared to the rest of the league. And for a wrestling uniform, for crying out loud, it's pretty basic. So, uh, I don't know. They should have probably get, consulted with Seth Rollins. He's really good at shaking up his ring attire. True. Uh, okay, so Grizzly City uniforms. Also, I'm just I'm just curious. Uh, since the last time we've been on the air, Crown Jewel happened. I did not watch Crown Jewel. Did you watch it? Well, it Crown Jewel happened basically right around when I was like ten minutes into being a new father. So I did end up watching Crown Jewel on my laptop as my like newborn was just sleeping next to me. And of course, the news of the past twenty-four hours coming out of the CIA uh, news involving the the, the actual uh, murder was a murder and all that stuff. If you want to get right. up on, on the news uh, breaking here in the past twenty-four hours, so you did watch most of Crown Jewel. Uh, will we see Shawn Michaels again? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, bald Shawn Michaels is quite the um, is quite the sight to see. Um, you know, the, I, I was much more interested in seeing uh, a bunch of the other matches, but uh, you know. Like I've said on this podcast many times, I, I these international shows take away the politics. They're they're super, they're, they're fun from I, I enjoy them just because they usually throw one sort of last time ever you're going to see or first time ever you're going to see type of match. So um, to see those four guys in the ring uh, doing what they were doing, I mean, ten twelve years ago when I was at WWE, those guys were on top, and so all these years later to, to see them do it again, it it was uh, a lot of fun and and. The match was really the match was really fun, and and those guys can all in some capacity still work. So um, it was cool to see HBK. I don't really care about the going back on his word about retiring because everybody unretires, and uh, I think he got a pretty nice paycheck out of the deal. But uh, obviously, the poli- the politics around it are are uh, not too um, not too great to think about, but. Um, I got it as a as a business venture. I understood it. And what's probably going to suck is that we're going to have to revisit this twice a year for the next ten years. That's what's like. It's not. It doesn't seem to be going away. The these Saudi Arabia shows. So it's going to be a bad taste in your mouth. That just like no matter how much mouthwash you use, you're not going to be able to get rid of it because it's going to keep coming back. Yeah. Well, their spin is that like they're opening up doors. They're they're crossing borders. They're you know forcing the issue and and putting these issues in the forefront through wrestling and. Hopefully, you know, the, the female stars will at some point get to a point where they are able to wrestle and appear on the show. And, and by that, you know, in that regard, they are spreading the sort of, uh, you know, American value system. <laughs> yeah, by, by but, a Hulk Hogan, though. They brought Hulk Hogan back on this show. Well, again, politics aside, I popped for that. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, just hearing the music, watching him walk out, do his thing, in the red and the yellow. I was, bo- you know, that was that's my baseline for becoming a fan. So it's really hard for me to hate that. So, um, I was fine with it. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know you're on that side. We completely disagree. I don't want to go again on my, on my television. Uh, but I can see your view. We've got conflicted views recently, uh, with what, uh, with Jerry, the King Lawler on a, on a smaller different scale than what, uh, would be happening, uh, with Hulk Hogan and, and his scandal. So let's, I want to move, move off of that. Here, Brock Lesnar, the last thing about Crown Jewel, Brock Lesnar left the champion. I didn't give it to Braun Strowman, uh, as some people speculated. I didn't. I thought for sure Brock would win because it put in play the possible UFC connection again, and also that Braun Strowman uh, winning in Saudi Arabia would be a bad look if that's somebody you're actually going to be backing. You want him to win um, on non-controversial soil for the first time. And uh, so Brock ended up leaving as the champion. What are your thoughts on that, and where is that going? Yeah, I was surprised by that booking, but you know, now all these weeks later we're starting to see kind of the logic of why they they kind of did that. Um I don't it apparently they weren't ready to put the title on Braun. They haven't been ready to put the title on Braun and so um they need they needed something to do with Braun to get him embroiled in something for to to you know, pass the time over these next few months. So um get him in a story with Baron as, as Brock kind of moves on to, you know, look at crown jewel, they had survivor series in the, in the, um, in the distance. They knew that they were going to have to do a champion versus champion match. I, I don't know. I think they wanted the, the specter of Brock walking in with the title, uh, to face 
at that point, AJ, and then if they knew that they were switching to Daniel Bryan, you know, it, it kind of makes sense if we if you look at it retrospectively, because um, it just feel it just feels to me like contrary to popular demand, it doesn't seem like they're ready to put the title on Braun. So we, they have to. I think they're more focused on this Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar story. Now, uh, just correct you from what you said earlier. This is not a podcast. We were on the we were on the radio. Just to clarify uh, that one thing, but we are talking with a- Ainge Gold at Ainge Gold on uh, Twitter. His name is Andrew Goldstein. He used to be a, a WWE creative team member. He's currently the co-host of the Sorry I've Been So Busy podcast. Which man, he has been busy with this uh, newborn. So every week on the show, Andrew, we do talk about the biggest story in the history of. Our sport. It's not always the biggest story in the history of our sport, but sometimes it is. It is the biggest story of the week, and let's talk about it now. The history of our sport, the biggest match in pro wrestling history. The two biggest superstars in our sport in the biggest event this sport has ever seen. The biggest match in the history of our sport. It's the biggest story in the history of our great sport. Okay, so this week it's kind of a tie. There's been really an exciting week to be a wrestling fan. And one thing happened on purpose. One thing kind of didn't happen on purpose. So two big stories this week. I don't know which one is the biggest. I, I got to say Daniel Bryan turning heel, though, probably uh, is the biggest story because this one will uh, resonate for a long time coming. So we're going to get to Daniel Bryan turning heel. That is the biggest story in the history of our sport. But I want to touch on Becky Lynch. She uh, got busted open on Monday Night Raw. Uh, speaking of the Crimson Mass, bleeding all over the place in her appearance. The crowd reactions that Becky's been getting continue to get bigger, louder, and just they have a different feel to them. I, I can't explain it, but what it, can you explain it like this? The, the reaction, not only is it louder, but it just seems like there's some special energy in the air when she's out there. Yeah, man, when when uh, that the, the invasion took place and, and Becky turned to the camera and she had the, the full face, the full bloody face, man, I had often... You know, Austin Bret Hart, you know, tapping out in the sharpshooter flashbacks. And so, and we know what that did for Austin's career. And so, um, I think it was a happy accident, even though obviously the match gets postponed, uh, that they were building towards. But I think in the long run, Becky just seems to be, she has caught on to something. The fans love her. Um, she's, yeah, I, I can't put my finger on exactly, you know, everything says to me that the fans would feel that way about Charlotte Flair because of the lineage and the, and the and everything you could think about with her backstory, but Becky's just is this like workman like, you know, um, uh, very relatable. She's very yeah relatable. working class. She's like the working class hero, a, a lot like Austin was. And she she you know her promos are very honest. They're from the heart. She's actually able to cut like a a you know passionate provocative uh, promo that doesn't feel written when she says it, and so. Um, she's definitely caught on to something. It's, it's like watching one of those Austin 316 moments. It, it, it is awesome. If you've not watched this, I, I always recommend folks who are listening who, who do not watch all the programming, you've got to go back and watch uh, some highlights of Becky Lynch on Monday Night Raw getting getting busted open. But it, it is really like Charlotte, because you've always, like, even go back to her dad, Charlotte's dad, Rick, like you've always kind of like, like you wanted to, you wondered what it would be like to be Ric Flair, right? Like, let me walk in Ric Flair's shoes for one day, or Charlotte Flair's shoes, but you relate to the Stone Cold Steve Austin's and the Becky Lynch. Like, that is who I am. And so you feel a special connection uh, with the the working class wrestler, somebody who's the underdog and working their way up, because Charlotte, you know, she she started uh, on uh, third base or whatever when she was born. She had a shot, right? She's genetics there for her. Yeah. But You know, what's so interesting, too, is uh, you you look at um, what you know, Becky, or um, you, you look at um, uh, Bailey coming out of NXT, and and you could see this being her reality, and and obviously it didn't work. You know, she was a little too smiley, a little too fan friendly. But somebody like Becky Lynch, again, like so relatable. She's she's like everybody's sister, and she's a badass. And so I think that's what was missing with Bailey when she got to the main roster. And I think we're seeing like that kind of story can get over with female wrestlers. And it's, it's, I mean, they're main eventing raw and they're right. main eventing pay-per-views. It's, it's the story everyone's talking about besides Dan O'Brien and, and it's Becky Lynch a year ago. Who would have thought that? Exactly. Like I'm going to, uh, I'm convinced myself. I cannot say this. This is going to be the co biggest story in the history of our sports. So the, the biggest story this week is both 
main events at Survivor Series have been changed. One, because of Becky Lynch's injury. Now will be replaced with Charlotte and Ronda Rousey, which we thought was going to be the WrestleMania main event, which still might be or may turn into a triple threat match. Who knows? We'll cross that bridge as we get closer. The other uh, match changed because Daniel Bryan turned heel and defeated AJ Styles on, on Tuesday night during SmackDown. Holy mackerel. Or, or What's your instant reaction from Daniel Bryan now as a heel? I'm so, I was so fascinated by it because I was I'm just wondering if that if this was in were in in the in the cards the whole time or if it was something they they decided to do reactionary to build the pay per view back up with Becky Lynch you know not being able to to be on it and all the intrigue in that match um, you know I I just wonder if this was the plan all along but. You know, there are stories of Daniel Bryan when he came back asking to turn heel, and the way they did it certainly worked. Um, and uh, it could, yeah, it, it could build towards something. Like, I'm, I'm with you. I'm fascinated. I can't wait to hear the behind the scenes story of how this came to be because is it a reaction to Becky's injury? It's definitely not a reaction to Reigns' illness, right? Because, like, you would think you would want more baby faces when you lose Roman Reigns. And it just. It, I mean that the idea with you not having Roman Reigns, it seems a little counterintuitive to turn one of your 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 top faces heel. But at the same time, does this mean Miz is going to turn? And that feud will. The worst thing will be if this the Miz Daniel Bryan feud doesn't eventually get its big payoff, and 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 it may just be in a completely different way now. I mean, Miz could end up winning the Royal Rumble and facing a heel Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania and flipping well, yeah, everything on us. You totally flip that story, and at WrestleMania, you get Miz Bryan, but shocker, Miz is the babyface and Daniel Bryan's the heel. Um, I could see that, you know, that's amongst my friends, amongst my text, uh, you know, my wrestling sort of text chain. That's sort of the going theory right now is that we're going to get Miz and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, but it's going to be babyface Miz, heel Daniel Bryan, which is kind of genius right. um, to, to turn that on. Everybody thinks they know. Oh yeah, it's, it's such an easy match to book, but WWE like takes it to the next level and figures out, okay, how can we shock people still with this story that people have been waiting on for five five years? And the, so right, and the um, Miz, I could see it happening. He, Miz always gets is already getting face reaction, and it could, it, and he has good points in his debates. With it. I think it would be great. It would add to what has already been one of the 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 best wrestling stories uh, told this millennium, right? And this is adds a whole new different level of of the double turn in the middle of the feud is like, what? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. interested. So, um, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But that's no, not, no. you can continue. Okay. But so we go back to the last time you were on the show was right before SummerSlam. And I just want to note this here of the amount of heel baby face turns we've had since the last time you've been on the show. So not only Daniel Bryan this week in the major turn of Dean Ambrose a couple weeks ago, which was also just uh, great television, smart booking by WWE. Uh, since SummerSlam, Becky turned heel, of course, at SummerSlam, right? And now she's probably babyface again. Nia Jax has turned, Nia Jax has turned heel. Uh, Carmella has turned face. The Bella Twins turned heel. Aiden English turned heel. Elias turned face. Bobby Lashley turned heel. Braun Strowman turned heel, then back face. Big Show was heel again. And that's not counting what has uh, been going on in 205 Live or NXT, but those are your big heel face turns just since the last time you were on the show before SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think a lot, I think some part of that is the Roman Reigns news because I think the trickle down effect of the top guy just being taken out of the cards completely, taken out of the deck. I think they're just doing a full reshuffle without saying, "Okay, we're doing a we're doing a um, roster draft." So I I think some of them were probably already you know in the works uh, of some of those heel turns, but I think they're just reshuffling the deck because of the loss of a John Cena caliber you know top of the card guy in Roman Reigns. All right, we're wrapping things up with Andrew Goldstein. We got about a minute and a half. Left. So last question, Survivor Series is tomorrow, SmackDown versus Raw, the red versus the blue brand, and uh, it's just turning out to be a great card, Brock Lesnar versus Danny Bryan for the first time, maybe the only time uh, happening on that card, and, and we're getting a, a WrestleMania caliber main event in Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. So my question to you, will there be a blue wave on Sunday night? Uh, that's a good question. You know, it's so interesting, I... I give credit to WWE for evolving the Survivor Series pay-per-view that had gotten completely stale in terms of format 
to they evolved it into this red versus blue, the, the intrigue of the brands and the champion versus champion matches. So it's definitely um, turned it into a, a must-see pay-per-view every year now. And, and in terms of a blue wave, it's so interesting. The top three matches, there's a third person involved in every match that conceivably could interfere and cause the matches to be, you know, thrown out or end via, you know, screwy circumstances. So um, I think we're, I, I think because, you know, you have to think about SmackDown moving to Fox after WrestleMania. I think the momentum is going to start shifting in SmackDown's direction uh, here as the road to WrestleMania begins here early with Survivor Series. So I think the chances of seeing a blue wave are very, very, um, very, very high. All right, SmackDown uh, versus Raw. Red versus Blue. WWE is always a little bit behind on the trends. They're doing Red versus Blue just a month after the election uh, at Survivor Series. Hey, the best thing about this, I think Survivor Series benefited with having all of these shows this fall because they didn't. They don't need a month and a half buildup to Survivor Series because then they, I don't like seeing, you know, these people who hate each other most of the year get together and like each other just for a couple weeks. So the two-week build to the Survivor Series and really what became a one-week build with all these shakeups this week, I think benefited the show and makes it more interesting and more realistic. And uh, that's what yeah, we well, always Survivor Series is just sitting out there as like the big blow-off resolution to all of these huge, you know, twists and turns that they've had because of all these extra shows. All right, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. That is Andrew Goldstein. You can follow him on Twitter at Ainge Gold, tweeting uh, pictures of, of his new baby. Thank you, Andrew. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's it for our show today. We will be back next week. We're here every week for the remainder of 2018. Of course, you can follow me at Cerrito, and be sure to subscribe to the show in case you ever miss an edition. Wherever you get your podcast, find Cerrito Live and go to CerritoLive.com. That is it for today's show. Until next week, I'm Kevin Cerrito saying so long from high atop Mount Moriah. I'll see you around the territory. I hear the